Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. What is going on, Rush Nation? Pitsy has been unfortunately ruled out for week four as me and my co-host look to step up in his absence. Rob, how are you, my friend? Very good. I hadn't actually read that part. Yeah, he has been ruled out for week four. He is, uh, he's taking care of business. Um, unfortunately, he can't help us with our business this evening. So, um, yeah, it's been good. been a very wet day, very wet week. You know, just happy to to get away from sorting out waterproofs for children and you know you know just general operation of a children's activity center and uh, you know get down to some fantasy football definitely and without any waiting around here is thursday night throwback this week's thursday game saw the miami dolphins face the cincinnati bengals in a battle of the draft classes so we had burrow versus tua Waddle versus Chase, and of course, who could forget Tyler Boyd versus Tyreek Hill from the 2016 draft class. So, 
it was an alright game, I think, actually. I watched it in 40 this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, me too. Obviously, you'll get into it in a sec, but it's a shame what happened to Tua. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. yeah, I think it, it was an it was an alright game. Yeah, I mean, Thursday night football doesn't really set the set the card light compared to some of the things you see on a Sunday night, but I think it's quite difficult. You've got a game in isolation and normally when you know a Sunday night game is not going well, you've got a few other ones to choose from and they can just flick to the one that's a bit more entertaining, whereas this you you stick with it for the whole thing. Um yeah, it, it was an alright game. It was an alright game. Um, Nothing that um set the world alight as such, but for as far as Thursday night goes, teams on short weeks and things like that, it was um yeah, better than some. Yeah, and um, uh, I don't know if anyone's read Nathan's Fantasy Focus report. He did say that the Bengals would do well in this game. You know, they want to let people know that they are still there after quite you know, a poor start. So uh, let's talk about some of the offensive positions first. We'll cover quarterbacks. Um, two were left the game early, as we know. Scary looking impact, you know, that slam to the floor. You know, it doesn't matter if you slow it down. It still looks like it's quite a quick uh, powerful move and he, you know, stay down, stretched off the field, just quite uncomfortable viewing. And I think there were quite a few NFL players who came out saying, just stop showing the replays, stop it. You know, it's it's not needed. We'll cover more in the injury report section. Um, before his exit, he had eight completions on 14 passes, 110 yards, and an interception. And then Teddy Bridgewater came in and, you know, like I said, did a reasonable job for such short notice. Um, 40 completions, 23 passes, 193 yards, and a touchdown. But then there was a late interception at the end, and that kind of ruled out any real chance of a Dolphins comeback once the Bengals uh, managed to get that lead. Um, comparatively, Joe Burrow, solid game, reasonable amount of protection from his line, which is something that um, some of us were about worried, about, worried about after seeing him get sacked numerous times uh, in the first three weeks. One sack. This week, not bad. Um, 20 completed passes at 31, 287 yards, two touchdowns, including that, you know, the late pass and touchdown drive to Hayden Hurst. Everyone loved that because, you know, we've been saying it, it's, it was about time that he gets a touchdown and he got quite a lot of involvement in this game. So you're going to come on to that next anyway. So go ahead, Lewis. What what we got in the, uh, yes, the other position? So, uh, so let's start with the Bengals anyway. And it was T Higgins that led the way. He had seven catches for 124 yards and a touchdown. Jamar Chase had four catches for 81. One of them from uh, Tyler Boyd, I think, for 23 yards, actually, not from Joe Burrow. And um, Hayden Hurst also scored, as you mentioned, as did Joe Mixon. But he only picked up 74 scrimmage yards last night. Moving on to Miami quickly, Mosa is clearly the lead back there. He was the lead in Russia last night. He had two yards less in receptions than uh, Edmonds, but 81 scrimmage yards for Mosa. Edmonds had the receiving touchdown. Tyreek Hill put on a show again, 160 yards on 10 catches. I think that was 14 targets he had. So prolific catch rate and an unreal amount of yards. Waddle was questionable leading up to the game. But he did play. He caught two for 39 yards. So not amazing for your fantasy teams there with Waddle. But it was to be expected, I think. Tyreek led the night with points, 25.9 points in PPR. 
Higgins, 25.4. So even though he had less yards, it was the touchdown that kept him up there. Mixon was third with 17.4 points, but he was saved by his touchdown. And we've just had a comment in the uh, in the section saying, oh, bloody waddle as well. Yeah, tough for some, especially after how well he's done in the last few weeks. But, um, you know, you, you've got to expect some down days, um, especially when you've got someone like Cheetah who is going to rip Eli Apple apart. Again, something that Nathan predicted in, in the uh, Fantasy Focus one. You know, Eli Apple did not stand a chance. Um, it's just a shame that the the Dolphins didn't come away with a win. Uh, that Tyreek. Edmunds touchdown. Oh, that Edmunds touchdown. Did you see it? The underhand pass. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. And then, you know, just knocking through some of the um, defenders. I think he got through three defenders before he got to that line as well. So that was, I feel like that was my play of the day, that, uh, that Edmunds touchdown there. Um, defenses, like a low-scoring game. Uh, well, certainly on the... Uh, on the Miami Dolphins side of things. And that seems to be a bit of a standard for Thursday night football. Um, Bengals came out of this with more, the more impressive look in terms of stats. One sack, blocked kick, two interceptions. And then the Dolphins just seem to struggle in terms of the big defensive plays, like one sack, as we mentioned previously, and not a whole lot else. It kind of uh, just started totaling up, especially when Mixon started getting some of those runs in. Um, but yeah. Dolphins, uh, we've, we've seen it. It can be high-scoring games for them. I think they've just got to take a few things away uh, and you know think about what's going to happen next week. Yeah, I, I definitely thought the Dolphins would uh, be able to rough the Bengals up a little bit more um, defensively. Mm-hmm. And it, like you say, the uh, Bengals' O-line was actually uh, decent this week. So, yeah, um, yeah. Got Burrow some protection finally, and he had a better game, and yeah. Well, they actually, the O line actually had a, a role to play in Mixon's touchdown as well, didn't they? They <laughs> they they got him across the line. I they think did. that's what he needed. Uh, right. Well, we move on to our second section, which is injury report. And as we've already covered several times, we've got to talk about Tua. You know, that was a big takeaway from this game. He left with the team at the end of the game. You know, sometime afterwards with a neck brace on. Um, so there wasn't any need for him to stay o- overnight. Initial results have come back negative, um, but they're still waiting on an MRI scan. So that that's going to be the real consideration here. Like, are they going to give him some time out after what we all know is two concussions in two weeks? Like, the, the, despite what the official reports say, that week he got that hit he got in week three. That was enough to really should have ruled someone out from that. Um, but again, in week four, it's. It's definitely not one that you want to be want to be seeing, and potentially there could be some repercussions from this. We'll just have to see. Yeah, so it. I mean, he shouldn't have really um, gone back into the game. I don't think in week three, mm-hmm. but we're having that second hit like he did last night, and um, yeah, it could open up a whole new uh, kind of worms there. But let's go on to the quarterbacks anyway. You've covered two, uh, Zach Wilson. He has been medically cleared and it looks like he will start on Sunday as long as there's no setbacks or issues beforehand. Mac Jones with his ankle. There was pictures showing him being supported to the locker room. No practice Wednesday or Thursday. Brian Hoyer will likely get the start, at least for this week, until we know a bit more about Mac Jones. Justin Herbert's ribs injury. um, He was limited Wednesday which is to be expected after his injection last week, but he practiced in full today. So 
wheels up for Justin Herbert if you've got him on your fantasy teams. Jameis Winston is obviously in London. It's an earlier kickoff. Didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday and Friday, actually. We've seen that one come in now. And um, he's doubtful for Sunday. So it looks like Andy Dalton will step in as one of the more experienced uh, backups in the league. Yeah, and he can do a decent job. Like, he's he's had plenty of experience in different teams. And, you know, the Saints will be no different. You know, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Oh, um, we've had a comment in there. Well, with Wilson getting more starts, do you think Elijah Moore gets more looks in? What do you think? Um, so he, he's got... It's an interesting one for me because I was quite high on Garrett Wilson as well when he was coming out. And, you know, he's he's done a great job so far. But Wilson does have that um, chemistry with Elijah Moore from last year. And it would be great to see Elijah Moore more involved, I think, um, than he has been with Flacco anyway. It just depends if um, the Jets are going to throw as much. Yeah, the volume has definitely been there with Flacco, hasn't it? Like a, a high number of passes. Um, we may actually cover one of those other players later on in this in the show. So um, let's have a look at the running backs next. Um, in terms of running backs and injuries this week, it's been a big one. Uh, we're going to start with DeAndre Swift. Uh, ankle injury through the last two weeks has been bothering him. Uh, we've seen him play in some games with varying levels of success. Um, He's dealing with a shoulder issue now uh, that he picked up against the Vikings in week three. So it's looking like he could miss time. And as we've all seen on many waiver wires this week, Jamal Williams has been the one to pick up. He will probably fill that void left by Swift after a great start uh, in the first three weeks. Swift did not practice on Thursday. He's not expected to play on Friday. Lock in Williams if you can. Uh, and that, it goes for some way to uh, for Pitsy's flex the week last week as well because I believe he chose Jamal last week, didn't he? Mm. Um, Dalvin Cook next also picked up a shoulder injury in the week three game with Detroit. Didn't return to the field. There's been a recurring issue having dislocated the shoulder previously, and uh, I believe the chaps on the Dynasty show said that it's a permanently torn la uh, labrum um, or labrum. I believe it's labrum, isn't it? Um, so they were worried that like any hit could cause an issue. Um, but he did log a full practice in London on Thursday, so he's expected to play. Um, so we can only apologize to those who have Madison as a handcuff. Um, or should we say sorry, you may, you may just be biding your time now before that shoulder pops out again. Uh AJ Dillon with a knee, he was limited Wednesday. First time in the injury report this season, but he was back in full practice on Thursday. We're expecting to have him back in. Same with Miles Sanders, a limited practice on Wednesday with a hip injury, full practice on Thursday, and is expected to play this week. Um, Jonathan Taylor did not practice Wednesday. And we can see a bit of a pattern here coming on. Uh, full practice Thursday, it could just have been a day off. So maybe maybe Haunty and Ihim Hines shares for just a little bit longer. However, uh, this, is, this is hard for me to say. <laughs> after, after a couple of seasons as well, we're, we're expecting... We're expecting a bit more time for Christy McCaffrey, but um, a quad injury has appeared on the report now, and it's believed to be a bit more serious than the previous injuries that he's been on the list with. He didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday. He's listed questionable this week for the Cardinals. Um, not a positive note for those who drafted CMC within the first three picks of, of any redraft league this year. 
yeah, I've got my fair share of him again. And let's just crack on with the wide receivers anyway. It's another shed load of players for this week. But let's start with Keenan Allen, who's got the hamstring issue. He missed week two. And even though he was limited before last week, he also missed week three. Wednesday, he was a limited participant. Thursday, he was limited and seen leaving early with a trainer. So read into that what whatever you want, really. Um, he could return on Sunday against Houston, I think, but we need to keep an eye on that one. Amonra St. Brown, he was actually ruled out today for Sunday. He was considered day-to-day after a sprained ankle he picked up in week three. Um, DJ Chark also never practiced on Thursday for the Lions, so who's your next man up there? Maybe Josh Reynolds. We don't it was know. also questionable. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. Yeah. Um, Devonta Smith is dealing with a groin issue. He was limited Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday. They got a big game the Eagles have against the Jaguars, who are in form at the minute. It's a similar injury to George Kittle, who missed, obviously, two weeks himself. Um, Michael Thomas, another one that has been ruled out today for Sunday. They obviously face the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday in London. Um, He left the game against the Panthers in week three, didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. So if Jameis doesn't go, who will Andy Dalton be throwing the ball to? But a bit of good news after this, and it's Michael Gallup. So he logged some participation last week before being ruled out, but he has been a full participant in practice all week. So he should make his season debut in week four. Because that's, that almost like I was considering one of the one of the, the um, Dallas Cowboy wide receivers for my flex of the week. So Michael Gallup's return, whilst great for some fantasy um, rosters, uh, wasn't great for my flex of the week. So I've moved elsewhere for that one. Uh, finally, tight ends. We've already talked about how difficult it is for Detroit Lions to think about any passing options. Um, TJ Hawkinson um, did not practice on Wednesday, so a tight end option could could be struggling as well. Uh, this is a new foot injury. Uh, he was limited on Thursday. It does put him on track to play in some capacity against the Seahawks. So it is going to be a walking wounded offensive uh, group for the Lions this weekend. Uh, Dawson Knox, he was limited Wednesday and Thursday. Watch out for his status today. It's still a risky play for me considering how how little involvement he's had in terms of practice uh, over the last few weeks. Dalton Schultz as well, also not worth the risk in my opinion. He's been limited so far this week and he missed week three as well. Yeah, so let's, um, with that being said, let's jump into our third segment, which is weak points. Yeah, so we've had a few weeks now, so we should be able to see a bit more um, of standardization with the average fantasy points um, throughout the weeks because. The more games there are, the averages get a bit closer together. So we, we should be getting a bit more of a picture now. So have we had any changes at the tops in terms of team weaknesses for quarterbacks? And funnily enough, the weakest at the moment, um, and this was done before last night's game, was the Dolphins. So um, they were playing the Bengals. We, we saw what happened, like T Higgins, got a really good game. Uh, Chase not as much and, and Boyd uh, was 
quite surprising as well. So, yeah, they were the top of the list. Ravens are second with 25.1, and they are at Buffalo this week. So, Josh Allen, you know, if you, if you weren't already starting in the roster, then what are you doing? You know, he's going to keep you two so far this season. He's setting it alight, and it looks to be a great matchup for him this week. Lions, 23.9 points. They are against Seattle. Gino Smith's just been doing Gino things quite standard. Um, I, I reckon we could be seeing a, a big score from, uh, you know, anyone, anyone, any passing option in that team. Um, and it'll be Gino that does the, does the throw in. Yeah, and the weakest against running back, you've just mentioned the Lions. Funny enough, this is them also. So with 27.5 points against Seattle, like you said, we've got Kenneth Walker in the fray now a little bit. But Seattle, Seattle they... Just haven't got much going for them in terms of the running game so far. Um, the Lions somewhat limited Dalvin Cook before his injury, even though Alex Matson scored. It's hard to predict which Seahawks running back, if any, is going to put up big numbers this week. Second is the Texans, just behind with 27.3 against the Chargers. Now, Brandon Staley has already said that he needs to give Eckler more touches. He said that this week. So this could be Austin Eckler week. And He's been a little bit underwhelming so far, but third is the Raiders, 25.4 points to the running back position. They face the Broncos, so it's another backfield share. Um, the Raiders have been underwhelming in general so far, and if the Broncos get ahead, Williams and Gordon are more than capable of running down the clock. Um, the head coach there, Hackett, is a bit questionable with his game management and play calling and stuff so far, but Melvin Gordon... Could be a decent flex, maybe, um, for his red zone work he's been getting. But it's hard not to start the Javante um, if you've got him on your team. You probably spent a round two pick on him as well, so you kind of want to, you know, get your money's worth in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Gordon, I think Gordon came up as questionable on uh, some injury reports this week for Denver, so that is one to watch out for as well. It could be a full role for Williams, so could be feasting against uh, the third weakest defence against running backs. Um, weakest against right receivers... It's the Ravens against Buffalo. So their secondary is beating up, as we've already known. Diggs and Davis look to be locked in pretty well. Um, Josh Allen has been setting this league alike. And, you know, they, they need a bounce back against uh, what happened after what happened with Miami last week. So, yeah, expect a lot to be put on the uh, the Ravens this week. Uh, Ram The Rams are second and they, they are at the Niners. Divisional matchup, Jimmy G. <laughs> we don't know what we're going to get with Jimmy G at the moment. Yeah, uh, I think it, it could have been a different picture, but um, it's it's likely going to be Debo Samuel who gets quite a lot of this role. Although I've got you know got a soft spot for my you know my one of my boys, Juan Jennings. Juan Jennings, he's he's there. You know, the third option. Well, we can see what happens with him. Um, and then Kamat Commanders, forty-one point seven points, and they are at the Cowboys. So um, great week for CD Lamb last week. Noah Brown's doing well. In Gallup's absence, Gallup could be back this week. So Noah Brown was the guy I was looking at for Flex of the Week. Hey, Jennings. There you go. Got him in the, got him in the comments as well. Uh, got some other fans out there as well. Uh, yeah, Gallup's back. So Noah Brown may see a bit of a drop, but he's doing well. He, he, could, he could stand up on his own here, I think. Yeah, him and Cooper Rush have got something going. He's getting a lot of targets and uh, he, he is doing well. If if Dalton Schultz is ruled out again, there's no reason why all three of them can't um, get a piece of the pie, I don't think. 
especially against a team that lets up so many against wide receivers. But let's jump into tight ends, and it's the Arizona Cardinals that lead the way with 20 points. They face the Panthers, who... It's anybody's guess who their tight end one is. Potentially, LaVisca, he could line up inside a little bit now. He's active, but every team has put up points against the Cards, and it could finally be a time for the Cardinals to actually get a nice win under the belt. Second is the Falcons, 17.2 points against tight ends. Now, they face the Browns this week. David Njoku had that breakout week three after obviously being paid in the off-season, and there's no doubt he'd love that to uh, keep that going, and so would his fantasy managers. Colts are third against the Titans. Austin Hooper, he's been underwhelming so far, and I think that's just going to be um, a game for the running backs, to be fair. Yeah, or Jeff Swain. <laughs> you know, maybe for a sneaky the, touchdown here. Yeah. Maybe for a sneaky touchdown. Yeah, lock him in for DFS lineups. So uh, our final segment this week, we'll move on is to flex of the week. Oh, I've got my pick first. Amazing, right? Um, knowing my luck, um, after Zay Jones went off on week three, and he was my week two pick, it's probably going to be Aguilar again this week. So uh, let's watch out for that and see if Hoyer can help him out. However, my real choice for this week is the Rookie 101, consensus Rookie 101 from this year, is Brees Hall. Um, 11 targets last week, six completions. So we could expect more in the same kind of game plan as what we what we had last time. Um, I feel as though with Zach Wilson coming back, he could be a really good safety valve. You know, Wilson needs to get back up to speed. Um, Brees is going to be great for the dump off. You know, that I think that's going to be important. Um and the reason I've chose Brees Hall, and people might be saying, well, it's a bit of a cheap pick, this one, is because actually Michael Carter has been the lead back, has been denoted as the lead back for the first three weeks of the season. And it's only been in week four that um, Brees has actually seen more snaps than Carter. So he's starting to catch up now. He's starting to overtake. Uh, this is going to be the really the week to test him out as well. It's a weak Steelers offense uh, against a decent Jets defense, which means... There's going to be a lot of turnovers, maybe a lot of punts, which means that Jets' offense is going to be out there a lot more and putting up numbers against a tiring Steelers D, who is missing TJ Watt now. You know, he's gone out on IR. That He was a huge factor in that D doing well. They've got to shift some pieces around to deal with it, and that could actually benefit the Jets' offensive game on the whole. So um, that's some thinking uh, thoughts about that. As that Steelers D gets tired, I reckon we could get some big runs in here from from Brees, uh, and also if Carter's rotating in, it keeps Brees Hall fresh as well. So uh, when you've got a, a team against you who's conceded the seventh most fantasy points to running backs, I think you've got to you've got to sit up and take notice for that. So Brees Hall is my flex of the week this week. Yeah, I completely agree. It seems like uh, the tide is sort of turning um, for the Jets now at running back. I've also gone for a running back. And this could be surprising because it's Devin Singletary. So he looks like he's sort of got his role there in Buffalo um, as the lead back. But his snap share riz to 73% last week from sort of mid-50s, the first two. And it's the receiving game where he came up trumps. And this is why it intrigues me because he had 11 targets last week and he caught nine of them. 78 yards and a receiving touchdown, and they're facing the Ravens this week. 
So we mentioned with the Ravens being not very good against the quarterback or the wide receiver earlier, um, even if his rushing isn't there, Josh Allen loves a reliable target. Look at Dawson Knox last year in the end zone. I think he caught 10 touchdowns. Devin Singletary could be that guy. Yeah. It says about the Ravens secondary being beat up. And after last week's production for from um, Singletary, I don't think it's a bad play at all. No, I, I like it. I've, I've liked Singletary. I think he's he's involved a bit more in the backfield committee at the moment as well. But James Cook's a rookie. You know, Moss has still got to prove himself after some fluctuating performances last year. Um, I think Singletary could be a good shout. And yeah, I like this matchup. I think Ravens uh, could be conceding some points to Singletary here as well. We haven't got him here, but Pitsy has sent his pick in via video link this week, like like yourself on week two. So without further ado, here is Pitsy's Flex of the Week. What's up, Russian Nation? This is here, and I have my flex of the week for you. It is Chris Olave, wide receiver, New Orleans Saints. This season, the rookie has started the season with quite a bit of a bang. Week two, he got 13 targets, 80 yards, and week three, he ended up getting 13 targets with 147 yards. So, pretty good. Um, granted, he hasn't got a touchdown just yet, um, but this week... The wide receiver in this team, Thomas and Landry, are a bit banged up, so there is potential for him to explode this week and hopefully get that touchdown as well for you. As we know now as well, since since that's been recorded, I'd expect Michael Thomas has been ruled out, so Chris Olave is potentially the number one on that team. Mm. And Yeah, look, Landry is unreliable as well, uh, at least he has been in previous teams. I think I think this could be a good pick. It, it may be the best of all, but I think our our players do have a good chance here. It, it could be the best of all, but I think he's probably gone with the safest one. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he's not here to give me grief after, so it's fine to say that. Storm also says nice pick, Pitsy. But um, that is it for week four. Yeah, so um, we shall see you next week, hopefully with a, a full compliment. And until then, keep pushing.
we are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.